You've attended council hearings in person. You've tuned in to our televised proceedings on Channel 13. Now, you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council with your host, Josh Gibson. Thank you, deep voice person with a funky backbeat. Indeed, this is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. You can't have a government without a council, so you can't have a government radio station without a council show. This is it. We're coming to you from the train track enclosed nerve center that's the headquarters of the Office of Cable, TV, Film, Music, and Entertainment. It's also the historic headquarters of Black Entertainment Television, so it's an honor to be here. And thank you for laughing at that joke. I think we're about 30 interviews in, and you're the first one who's ever laughed at that joke. That's so, a WTO. It's a good start, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I appreciate you getting the reference. Uh, dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the Council. I'm Josh Gibson, Director of Communications for the Council. You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of DC. If you don't follow us already, get with the program. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the Council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the DC Council is just like your workplace, except with the dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. Listeners, uh, you know this. Uh, we've nearly wrapped up our first and second rounds of interviews with council members. They're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. They're focused mainly on getting to know the council members, their backgrounds and biographies, successes and struggles. Now, in our third round, we're going to focus more on the people at the council colleagues, co-workers, community leaders, and the like. And a quick disclaimer, we did share the questions in advance so the council members could prep if they chose to. And council members can always pass on a question if they'd like. So now, without any further ado, uh, let me introduce our guest, uh, Ward 7 Council Member Vincent Gray. Thank you, Josh. I'm delighted to be here. I've been here twice before. And uh, I appreciate the questions you've asked. You've obviously given thought to these things beforehand, which I appreciate. And it does give you a chance to, to prep uh, for coming on the air. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the kindness, the indulgence, uh, whatever word you want to use for, for you all for coming back and spending the time. Because I know how, how busy you are and uh, you have a choice. Uh, as they say on an airplane, you have a choice uh, where to spend your time and <laughs> appreciate you spending it here. So, uh, so like I said, uh, we're talking about people. Uh, people uh, are uh, the focus today, and the first group of people we're going to talk about are role models. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to hear about are, if you can, a role model, someone you knew, um, and then if you have a role model, someone who you never knew, a famous person, a fictional character, uh, um, if you have one of each, that'd be great. Well, I'm delighted to be able to have given some thought to this uh, before coming, uh, Josh, and uh, one of the people who was incredibly influential in my life uh, was a gentleman who was a teacher uh, in high school. Uh, he went on to become a principal of a high school, uh, McKinley Tech, and then he went on to become a, uh, an administrative leader uh, in the District of Columbia. He was the uh, director at one point uh, for the Department of uh, Parks and Recreation. 
Uh, his name was William H. Rumsey. And uh, he uh, ultimately had named for him a, um, an aquatic center uh, over in Ward 6 on uh, South Carolina Avenue. But he was the military instructor um, when I was uh, at Dunbar High School. And uh, I watched this man uh, shape lives in ways that I don't think anybody else could have that kind of impact uh, at all. Um, he, uh, he had an, an incredibly uh, positive influence on me and so many others. Um, you know, people often think of Dunbar High School as a, you know, kind of, uh, you know, upscale high school, but it really wasn't. Uh, very smart people. Um, but not uh, not uh, economically or financially affluent um, at all. It was really a, a working-class uh, community that um, served uh, Dunbar High School. And many of the people who went there were people who didn't have a lot of means. Uh, and, and Rumsey, he was a, the ca- Captain Rumsey when I first got to know him, and then he became a major uh, at a later point. But he was really a, an incredible leader. Uh, he was somebody who was demanding, uh, he, he aspired to excellence, and he didn't want you to, to do anything but aspire to excellence. And I well remember one time when I, when I first went to Dunbar High School, because uh, I was an athlete also, and um, I said to, I, I, I had gotten this note. Uh, my parents got this note from the doctor saying that you didn't have to participate uh, in, the, uh, in the military, uh, in, the, in the cadets, as it was called. And so I took the note in and gave it to uh, then Captain Rumsey. And he said, aren't you an athlete, son? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, you mean to tell me that you can go out there and play ball, but you can't walk uh, as a part of this effort? I said, Captain Rumsey, can I have my note back, please? So, uh, and he had that kind of impact on me. Uh, Not only did I participate in the cadet program, but my uh, second year at Dunbar in the 11th grade, I took the test and became a first sergeant, uh, which was a, a ranking non-com, non-commissioned officer, as they called them. And then <clears throat> I took the test to be an officer uh, in the 12th grade, and I was uh, fortunate enough to become a major. And uh, <clears throat> it taught me such incredible leadership skills uh, that, I, that I still use today in terms of how you work with people, how you get along with people, how you set goals, how you uh, structure uh, things in such a way to be able to get uh, get met what you set out to do in the first place. And I attribute so much of that to, uh, to Bill Rumsey, uh, as he was known to many people, uh, to Major Rumsey, as he was known to many of us uh, when, he, when he got promoted again. Uh, and he was somebody who um, I kept in touch with uh, throughout his life. He, he's passed away now. Uh, but he's just an incredible human being who no, unquestionably was a role model uh, for me uh, in high school and thereafter. And, and was this a ROTC program? It was. It was. It was not uh, part of the uh, the formal uh, reserve officer training corps. Um, it was. It was kind of a preparatory program for uh, leadership. The cadet program in the District of Columbia has been there since the, I think, back in the early days of uh, the high schools in the District of Columbia. I think back to the you know the nineteen you know sixteen nineteen twenty way back in the day. Of course, I wasn't there then, but um, it has such a, a uh, legacy value for so many people um, that is very much like an ROTC uh, program. Um, and Dunbar had one of the absolute, absolutely most outstanding programs. It won almost every year, and if you didn't win, uh, you felt like you had not you had let down the uh, leadership uh, of the school in being able to deliver. 
I, when I was a senior uh, at Dunbar, um, my battalion came in second uh, in the city and was second only to another battalion in Dunbar High School. Uh, so it was phenomenal. There's so many people today who, have, who came through that program and uh, obviously derived so much from the experience. Um, so um, it, it is ROTC-like, uh, just to, to paraphrase what you said, what you were asking about, Josh. And yet there's so many people who, um, even today, I've even heard Cobra King, you know, one of the uh, you know, storied uh, columnists uh, in the District of Columbia. He's talked about the fact that he was at Dunbar High School and was a part of the ROTC program. In fact, when, um, when uh, Bill Rumsey passed away, uh, it was Cobra King who eulogized him. So there's so many people, again, who have such storied histories, storied lives, um, and they oftentimes attribute their accomplishments to having come through Dunbar and being a part of that program. Is the cadet program still active? It is. It's, it's, it's different today, uh, and it's not. It's, it's voluntary. It wasn't really voluntary in those days, although you might you might have wanted to think it was voluntary, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just didn't not participate. That wasn't possible. Um, it is active. I don't think it's at the same level of participation that it was uh, back in the day, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still active. There's still programs. And yeah, I know you said you stayed in touch with uh, with Mr. Rumsey uh, throughout his life. But did you ever have a chance to tell him in as many words the impact he had on your I life? I did. I did. I was able to do that. And I think I wasn't the only one who was able to uh, tell him that. There, there's so many stories about uh, Bill Rumsey. Uh, <clears throat> I remember once, uh, I, you know, again, I was an athlete, and um, I walked, you, you had to salute him, you know, when you walked down the hall. And I walked past him one day and failed to salute him, and he stopped me right there. He said, I want to talk to you right now. So I stopped and talked to him. He said, let me tell you something. He said, you walked past me. You did not, you know, do the, uh, you know, the, the salute that you're supposed to do. And uh, I want you to report to my office, um, you know, at, at 3 o'clock. I said, but Captain Rumsey, I have a, I have a game today. He said, really? That's, that's, that's too bad. I'm sorry. And what, I, what, what fortunately happened was I went and told the coach, my coach, that I couldn't play that day because I had something that happened with Captain Rumsey. And I was fortunate enough for the coach to go and talk to Captain Rumsey and get me out of that situation that I had gotten myself into. Um, and, and Captain Rumsey was kind enough to let me do my penance uh, at another time. Uh, but he was very demanding and uh, very clear about what he expected of uh, each of us. And I had, a, I had a chance to tell him how much that did for me in my life, and I know others did the same thing. Yeah, and that's critical because so often there are folks like that that play a role like that in our lives, and we don't uh, think to say that to them until it's too late, and we wish we uh, we had. So I'm glad to hear you. Well, anybody that was uh, influenced by uh, Bill Rumsey and didn't tell him that missed a great opportunity, and they certainly were better for um, having been under his influence. Uh, And I've, I've watched him interact with guys. And he was he was very kind in a lot of ways too, you know. There were there were there were kids who didn't have the uh, the, the the economic means to be able to buy some of the things they needed to participate um, in the in the ROTC program, to use your terminology, in the cadet program. And he would go in his pocket and uh, you know buy them, make sure they had the stuff they needed to participate. 
especially if he saw these were young people who were trying. You know, they really were trying to do well, and uh, he wanted to make sure they had the chance to do it. Uh, again, he was not he was not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but he was a kind man. He cared about people. That's essential. Mm-hmm. That's critical. Um, and so, did you have another uh, uh, role model quickly? Um, maybe someone you didn't have the the good fortune to to have in your life personally. Yep, uh, and I have to. You know, I'm a baseball player. I was a baseball player, and I went pretty far uh, in baseball. I got a chance for a tryout with the uh, with the White Sox and the Dodgers. And so I love baseball, and uh, like so many people, Jackie Robinson was absolutely an incredible hero uh, for me. Uh, he was the person that broke the color barrier uh, in baseball uh, when he came into the uh, major leagues. It was a tough, tough uh, situation for him, uh, but he, he uh, worked hard, and uh, he was able to bring the personal qualities and characteristics, as I've learned over time, that was so essential to him being able to get through uh, you know all the uh, the jabs and the uh, you know the the racism and and the things that happened to him um, as a baseball player. He obviously was a great baseball player, a great human being. Uh, I think he had been also an officer uh, in the uh, military uh, at one point. And so watching him having gone through what he went through left an indelible impression uh, on me. I went to George Washington University, as I think we've talked about on a previous show, right. and I was the first African-American in a fraternity uh, at George Washington University. And on so many occasions, I thought about what Jackie Robinson went through, uh, and you know that his ability to get through that certainly was an inspiration to me, uh, to be able to do some of the same things uh, myself and getting through an experience where... The racism was just rampant uh, on the campus of George Washington University. Um, there were about 15,000 students on the campus of George Washington uh, at the time. And frankly, Josh, if there were more than 25 African Americans, it would be a stretch. Um, and I wasn't going to be pushed out. Uh, there, were, there were two classmates from high school who went to George Washington with me. They left after the uh, first year. And uh, I really wanted to leave, too, because the racism was so prevalent and so rampant. And I said to myself uh, along the way, I talked to my parents about it, and I said, you know, said to them, I said, you know, if I run, run away from this, I'll probably run away from difficult challenges all my life, and I'm just not going to do that. And uh, they supported me in that, and the, the, the knowledge you know, of Jackie Robinson, knowing what he went through and what he did, was a very substantial force and me being able to deal with what I had to deal with at George Washington. Yeah, and I definitely encourage listeners to go to uh, to SoundCloud or to Apple uh, Podcasts and pull up the, the first round interview uh, with Councilmember Gray because we go into great detail mm-hmm. and it's a very interesting story about going from being one of the very few African Americans on campus to ending up getting into a fraternity um, and ending up being the uh, the head of the fraternity. That's right, I became I, the uh, chancellor, which is what the president is called. Yeah, so that's uh, in, quite in, a, in, in, uh, a turnaround. Life. Yeah. But I mean, in, in your situation, in Jackie Robinson's situation, mm-hmm. um, I think what is uh, really boggles the mind is not just the fact that you have to face the taunts and the torments, mm-hmm. it's the fact that you can't fight back. That's right. You know, that that yeah. is... Um, that that is what makes it the most the most difficult the most uh, vexing. Um, you, know, I, you know what's interesting too, Josh, uh, since you brought that up. One of the people who during Jackie Robinson's day, who was maybe arguably 
or certainly one of, if not the greatest baseball player ever, was an African American by the name of Josh Gibson. You don't uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he he was a bit of a hothead, and uh, they knew that if they brought him into the major leagues, that he was going to be goaded, taunted in such a way that he would do something that would probably undermine uh, the ability to to get through this, as Jackie Robinson did. So Jackie Robinson was absolutely a great ball player, but he may not have been the greatest ball player. There were others like Josh Gibson, uh, Satchel Paige, um, who, about whom there were questions as to whether they could withstand the pressure of the, uh, the racial taunts that they knew would be uh, thrown at uh, whoever was selected to be the first. Yeah, I mean, it's, in that case, you're, you're picking not just a baseball player, you're picking, to a certain degree, an ambassador. Absolutely. You know, you're picking a personality, not just a talent. That's right. So, and, uh, and you're picking somebody, as you put it, who could withstand uh, the taunts, which they knew would be forthcoming. I mean, I think anybody that saw the movie 42, um, you know, would recognize uh, what, what uh, Jackie Robinson went through. You know, they threw at him. He was um, he was supported by uh, the then president of the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, Branch Rickey, um, who did everything he could to make this work, and they they ultimately did. Um, you know, even his own teammates uh, were not necessarily happy about him being a part of the team. There were a couple of guys who were on the team who left the team uh, because they didn't want to play with him. <clears throat> I'm sure they regretted that. <clears throat> regretted that at a later point when they realized what a great ball player he was. In fact, I think in his first year there with the Brooklyn Dodgers, I think he carried them to the uh, pennant. Uh, I don't. I don't think they won the World Series that year, but he carried them to the pennant. And I think they ultimately did win a World Series uh, in substantial part because of the kind of person he was and the kind of ball player, quality ball player he uh, was. Indeed, indeed, role model. Um, now, let me, uh, this is not much of a transition, but let's kind of pull back to the, the world of the council. Mm -hmm. um, and let's talk a little bit about uh, council, uh, folks who work at the council. Mm -hmm. Just to, uh, And we're going to do kind of a short, some shorter answers here. Uh, can you uh, shout out uh, maybe some heroes at the council, some behind-the-scenes heroes, either on your own staff, uh, you know, uh, sports services, folks mm -hmm. that work behind the scenes, because everyone knows, obviously, the council members, but it takes a lot of people to make the council work. Well, if, if I can mention a couple of people who were council members who were uh, heroic, in my opinion. Uh, one is John Wilson, for whom the uh, city hall uh, is named. Uh, I think anybody that knew John Wilson, uh, and I did get to know him, uh, he was a phenomenal uh, leader. Uh, no shrinking valor by any stretch. <laughs> he uh, never missed words on anything. Um, and then there was a, a, a woman who was a Ward 3 council member who was one of the most um, just and uh, humane people I had ever met, named Polly Shackleton. She was a Ward 3 council member. And uh, early in my career, I had a chance to work with her around legislation that helped to change the lives for people with uh, intellectual and developmental disabilities. The term mental retardation was used then. And so she's somebody who... Um, I, um, I, I, she and John Wilson are two people who I have phenomenal um, admiration for in uh, their ability to carry out their way, their roles in such humane and um, wonderfully um, lead, lead, in leadership type ways. Um, 
You know, and there have been people, too, who work behind the scenes. I look at a guy like Larry Cooper, uh, who um, works uh, at the council uh, now, who is a he's, – he's the go-to guy. Uh, I look at uh, people like Marquez Clifford, uh, who is a, a phenomenal human being also. They're very supportive. Uh, they oftentimes are way behind the scenes. They're not necessarily looked at, you know, by anybody as the leaders – um, but they are. They're clearly leaders. And I think council members would tell you, I certainly, this council member will tell you, we wouldn't know what to, what to do without them. That's true. That's true. And that those are folks that remember the Wilson Building before mm-hmm. it got renovated. Yeah, right. They're folks that go, <laughs> they go all the way back. Absolutely. Um, definitely. Um, now, uh, let's do one more question, and then I want to leave plenty of time for our, our sort of fun closeout round, because okay. it's something that, that the council members who have already done the third round interview have enjoyed, and I yeah. think you'll enjoy as well. Okay. Because um, I know you have a good uh, good sense of humor and cre- <laughs> creative mind. Um, so uh, the, uh, the last question is um, community leaders. Let's talk about community leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, can you uh, can you name any sort of up and comers, any folks from the neighborhood that you are kind of are keeping an eye on that uh, that you think are uh, show some real promise? There's a there's a young man by the name of Keith Towery uh, who lives in Marshall Heights. Um, what was interesting is I met Keith. He he worked on one of my campaigns uh, for mayor, and um, I was delighted to get to know him. He's hardworking. He's very smart. Um, and I have enormous appreciation uh, for Keith. I even had a chance to talk to his parents one day because his parents live elsewhere. I think they live in California. Uh, and they were here to visit with him. And um, I mentioned to them, I said, you know, you, you have a wonderful son. You should be very proud of Keith. And they both, both his mother and father said, we really are. We're very proud of uh, him and what he's been able to do. He's always been a leader. Uh, he's always somebody who's wanted to do the right thing and to be able to set goals and achieve those goals. So I think he's a real up-and-comer. I think he's somebody who we're going to see more of uh, as time wears on. Uh, he lives in Ward 7, and uh, I'm By delighted total to coincidence. Hmm? By total coincidence. Total so coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute total co- coincidence, uh, Josh. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and uh, actually, one more question I skipped over I'll throw mm-hmm. in is, talk to me about a constituent, a time, a time a constituent touched you. Mm-hmm. Well, emotionally uh, touched you. Yeah, I say. Th- th- there are any number, uh, of course. Uh, but one person who I will cite who has an incredible level of perseverance, uh, frustration tolerance is unbelievable also. Uh, her name is Patricia Malloy. Uh, she's a leader in Lincoln Heights. Uh, she's an ANC commissioner. Uh, she has been the uh, resident council president. And she's uh, somebody who, when I was the Ward 7 council member the first time, uh, the city was starting this, this effort called uh, New Communities. And um, she called me up and she said, uh, Vince, council member, can I, can I ask you something? I said, of course, uh, Ms. Malloy, go right ahead. She said, why can't we have Lincoln Heights as a part of the, the, uh, the New Communities effort? I said, you know what? We can. I, I said, I will move the legislation. I will move the uh, motion. Uh, move the action uh, to try to get that done and um, I did and that was a number of years ago and we're still working we're trying to get new communities done but she's never she's never given up um, we've made progress but nearly not at the pace that we had hoped uh, and expected uh, that we would but she has hung in 
she's worked with the uh, human capital program. She's worked with the people who've had the contracts to be able to run these human capital programs. And she's such a leader that people like her a lot. They, they follow her. And I'm a follower of uh, Patricia Malloy because she does such a great job and she cares about human beings. She cares about people. So she's somebody who not only has removed me from an inspirational perspective, but emotionally, anybody that uh, says that they, they can't, uh, you know, get along with Patricia Malloy, something must be wrong with them, not her. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's also good to hear because I've, I've thrown that question at a bunch of council members, and a lot of them, um, have, uh, understandably, have come with a, a sort of a sad, somebody who's moved them to, mm-hmm. to sadness. But, mm-hmm. but it's good to hear, you know, someone who's moved you uh, to, to inspiration. You know? Absolutely, and, and I just have nothing but admiration for her um, and what she's, you know, sought to do, um, what she has accomplished, um, and watched her. You know, put up with frustration after frustration around this new communities effort, uh, and not just that, but you know, the other other um, there are other examples also of what she's done as a human being. But the thing that's most illustrative to me is the new communities program that she has stayed with and worked with, and uh, we've had recently the uh, oversight hearings, and she was down there testifying uh, at the public housing uh, hearing. And uh, I wasn't even, I'm not on that committee, but I walked into the, the chamber uh, to just to say hello to her and sat down and talked with her for a while about how things were going and whatnot. She's, she's a heroine to me. Yeah, well, when you're doing that kind of Energizer Bunny work where you keep coming back and back and back and mm-hmm. back, you need that kind of reassurance. You Absolutely. Know, just having Without your council question. member show up and say, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see that you're here. Um, okay, so now let's kick to the closeout round. What we're doing in the closeout round this time is I'm going to name for you a set of uh, silly tasks, and I want you to name which of your current colleagues you would pick to do that task with you and explain why. Mm. Um, the first one is assembling IKEA furniture. You get that <laughs> box full of crazy parts with the weird little diagram. Mm. Who would you pick? Uh, which colleague? Let me see. That's not an easy one by any stretch of the imagination. I would, uh, I might go get Chairman Mendelson. Uh, he seems to be a very detailed uh, guy, uh, very hardworking, uh, very committed to what he's doing. And I don't have any doubt that he would figure out how to help me get that IKEA furniture uh, assembled in a functional uh, way. There you go. You'd have your bookcase at the end of That's the day. That's right. <laughs> and I'd have the books to go with it, I'm sure, too. There you go. <laughs> Okay, how about driving cross-country? Driving cross-country. Boy, that, that requires somebody you don't mind having a good conversation with, uh, right? Spending some time with. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, what do we have? It's 13 of us, right? Uh, it probably would be somebody who I'd want to get to know more than I know uh, right now. Um, Maybe Robert White. Uh, he's he's uh, had a, a good start to his career uh, in the council. Um, he's had an interesting background from what I know, and it would give me a chance to get to know him uh, even more. Now, he's also, you know, he's married. He has two children. He just had a baby recently. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether his family would uh, put up with him riding across country with me. But if I uh, wanted him to do it, I hope that they would say, okay, go, go learn more about each other. Yep. Yep, I can see that working out. Mm. Uh, now, how about uh, compiling a musical playlist? Who would, who would you playlist. trust to uh, mm. to do that with? Let's see. 
a musical playlist. Um, that would have to be a, a council member with a really good spirit. Uh, and uh, who would I want to do that? Maybe, um, maybe Treyon White. Uh, I think he has a good spirit. He's he's working hard to become a good council member. Um, he came on the council member as a very young member, and he's worked hard at being able to improve his skill set and improve his leadership qualities. And I, I have no doubt that he knows enough about music to be able to help me put together a playlist that we could listen to as we ride across country. There you go. Okay, let's do one or two more because we're almost mm -hmm. out of time. Mm -hmm. um, who would you want to bring home to meet your family? Mm. Okay. Your, your recently expanded family. Right. Congratulations. That's right. That's right. I got married about a month ago. I know. And, Congratulations. Uh, I'm, I'm delighted. Uh, Dawn Coombe, who's a great professional herself. And one of the good things about that, if I can digress for a second, is that she has her own professional career. I have my own professional career. And uh, I won't say near the twain meet, because obviously they meet. Uh, but um, she's just a good person to be around. And uh, I care deeply uh, about her. So. Um, but who would I want to have come home to meet my uh, to meet my family uh, and to spend some time uh, with them? Um, how about Kenya McDuffie? That sounds good. Good guy. Okay, let's do two more. Um, how about cooking up a feast? Who would you want to cook up a feast with? <laughs> a feast. <laughs> Let me see. That would have to be somebody who I think has some cooking skills. And uh, I haven't necessarily been to anyone's house who's cooked the meal, uh, who's on the council. But uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Charles Allen. Uh, he's got two young kids. And mm -hmm. uh, he's a wife who used to work uh, in the council. She worked uh, on the Committee on Health. So I suspect he could figure out how to, to, to whip up a good meal. He, he says he, he cooks breakfast. Does on the he? show, he okay. said he cooks breakfast. Okay. So you might be okay with a breakfast feast. Yeah. <laughs> and last question, and this is my personal favorite, mm. fighting off barbarians. Fighting off barbarians. <laughs> That's got to be somebody who is no shrinking violet. Uh-huh. Uh, who's fierce? Yeah, who's fierce? Uh, David Grasso's pretty fierce. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's pretty fierce. Uh, and I wouldn't mind being caught in a foxhole with him. There you uh, go. I think he'd, I think he'd fight back, and he's not the only one. Mary Che is pretty tough too. Uh, yeah, Mary, Mary Che so far is winning the barbarian uh, <laughs> uh, uh, polling. Let's put it that way. Okay, <laughs> uh, Grasso. I think I think that might be the first vote for Grasso. But, yeah. But anyway, so um, well, unfortunately, we're out of time. I told you the last round was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, but thank you again for being so generous to join us. Um, and thank you, listeners, um, for joining us again. Tune in again next time. We're at DC Radio at 96.3 on your HD4 dial or at dcradio.gov. I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. Thank you.